At the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, companies around the world were asking the same question. How do I mobilize my workforce and give them the tools and skills they need to work from home? GitHub employs more than 1,000 employees, all of whom work remotely. So we invited their CTO, Jason Warner, back to the program to discuss how he advised companies on adapting to their new normal. And he gave some best practices he's learned about leading through a crisis and explained why GitHub is one step closer to achieving its mission. Enjoy this episode. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com platform. This podcast is created by the team at mission.org. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, host of IT Visionaries, and I am joined by recurring guest, Jason, what's going on? Not much. How are you doing? You know, life is pretty good considering uh, it's uh, such a crazy world out there. I feel fortunate. I feel uh, safe right now, and uh, I'm happy to be talking about all the cool stuff that you have been up to these days. So I guess let's start off. Like, How are things at GitHub right now? Uh, speaking of feel lucky and privileged. I don't think that uh, I could be working for a better positioned company in the current day and time. You know, GitHub has been remote for ever, super remote friendly, super remote first. Feels like business as usual in a lot of ways. We literally had our GitHub satellite event yesterday and the day before, released a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so business kind of keeps moving forward. We just keep doing our thing. So feels good inside GitHub, outside of the overarching global pandemic thing that sits outside our window all day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough time. I mean, I think that, you know, with millions unemployed, we were talking before this about, you know, your involvement in other organizations and trying to figure out how to fit in to support, to help. It seems like, you know, both you personally, I'd love to talk to you about, you know, what you've been working on, but also with GitHub, it seems like you all kind of answered the call uh, immediately here. Yeah, I think... Um... One of the fascinating things that we saw during this, obviously, is the private sector's response immediately to a lot of what was happening in the world. And Microsoft in particular, GitHub itself, we had a response, but Microsoft in particular had a rather immediate and strong response. And I think that um, I can't, I'm pretty thankful for the way that they led on a lot of the issues, you know, shutting down the office right away when that Kirkland breakout happened in the state of Washington, um, talking about how they're going to keep the office shut for months longer than people thought was needed. And then now just announcing that we're going to keep, they're going to keep them shut for an uh, indefinite period of time, and maybe until October, I think is what we just recently talked about. But I think that as far as corporate responsibility goes, they really showed what others might need to do. And you could tell that it, it mattered because you know someone needed to, to lead on something. And, and I, I'm, I'm thankful that they did. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, you know, in, in this episode, we're we're not gonna exclusively just talk about um, you know, the far reaching impacts of, of COVID. I wanna talk about some of the kind of the nuts and bolts decisions that, you know, have been made that kind of impact all of this. But, you know, when you when you make a decision to say, hey, we're gonna, you know, put our foot down, we're gonna try to have an impact, what can we do? I'm curious, like, what were those conversations like at GitHub? What were the 
when you when you huddled and you said, "Hey, let's start to brainstorm. Like, what are our options right now? Like, what what can we do to respond to help people out?" Well, I think it all had to do with a set of skills or resources that you had. So you know, think about it from the broader Microsoft portfolio. I wasn't involved in these conversations, but it's pretty clear what you have available to you. You've got physical assets and buildings. Could they be used? I don't know if that was talked about, but I'm sure that was part of the discussion. Um, they've got compute resources. They donated a ton of Azure compute to research projects and modeling projects and universities or institutions that could do that. You had expertise. Um, you had people who could jump in and do some code. You had people who could lend help to systems. You know, and then you obviously, uh, more than anything, I think, while those are really great things to donate uh, and give away, in many ways, just being some of the first to make decisions and not small decisions, not, you know, it didn't matter decisions, but it really showed the way, allowed the entire sector, the technology sector to kind of go forward. So obviously, those are amazing things that they've done. Um, I particularly am proud of the way that several people at GitHub kind of donated their time to various initiatives in the industry, either making masks or donating their, their engineering expertise to various initiatives. Um, working with all the local institutions that they had available to them. Um, I know that one of the things that I did is I jumped on as many calls like this as possible with companies, large, small, VC portfolio companies, a lot of them, and talked about, you don't have a choice now, you're automatically suddenly remote. Here's what to expect. Here's what to do. Let's walk through this. Let's do this again in two days. Let's do this again in a week because it's so important that you get up and running fast and um, I know a lot of people at GitHub because GitHub's a remote first culture that did that very same thing with their company, with other companies or um, a lot of their friends and stuff. And I think that this just shows, you know, what the technology industry in general hopes to be about. Yeah, I, it, totally. It's about, you know, helping each other. I think it's one of the things about, you know, Silicon Valley. Obviously, this show is, you know, for people all over the world. But, you know, I sit in Silicon Valley every day uh, or in the greater Bay Area. But there is really this strong desire to want to help and really like, you know, rising tide, lift all boats, everybody around them. It's not so much about, you know, cutthroat competition, although there obviously is a lot of competition for dollars and resources, but there's also just a lot of collaboration. And something like this, you know, you really saw that. I'm curious, what were, what were those conversations like that you were having? What were people, other, you know, CTOs, CIOs, technology leaders, what were they worried about? Um, obviously, I think the most uh, the the biggest question always came up if you were if you already remote and had, didn't have to worry about it was what is going to happen in the market? Everyone had plans; those plans have obviously thrown out the window. But will they have to lay off people? Will they have to reconcile revenues? What what, what impact is that going to have on their workforce? And it wasn't that this was a slow grind kind of thing that just happened. It happened suddenly, and it happened everywhere. And um, I think layoffs, honestly, was the biggest real question that everyone had. Then, of course, all the companies that had to go remote instantaneously had a set of concerns and questions. But those are all super tactical. You're able to work through those because everyone's motivated to work through those in a matter of days and weeks. It was super fast. And I would say that I slept on um, the remote thing um, for a week, trying to line up some conversations. and. I didn't need to have those conversations after the third week. After the third week, all the companies that were remote were remote already. I'm curious, what were the things that 
in that kind of like the early few days, you know, that you looked at, you know, for GitHub internally that, hey, we're going to accelerate this initiative or, hey, we're going to put a halt on this initiative. Like, how did you kind of triage things internally to, uh, to look at your change to, to the approach with the uncertainty around the future? I would say that uh, for the most part, we didn't have to change a lot of things because the way that you typically would approach your year is talking about must-haves, nice-to-haves, things of that nature. And largely what you start to do is you start to basically, if, you, if you've got your prioritization, in a well-run business, prioritization is job number one. And if you have that lined up right, you basically just say, hey, below this line, don't care anymore. This is all that. If we get to it as gravy, if not, let's just start to take care of this. And if you've got plans that you need to hire or you needed to spend money to go get some of those, maybe they're now off the table completely. So I would say that we largely, because we had prioritization in place already, we were able to have really, really candid conversations of, hey, no matter what, we still need to get these two or three things done. Everything else looks a certain way different for us now from an expectation standpoint. And did the folks on your team, as you were kind of talking about those different priorities and shifting priorities, did you feel like because you were already a remote you know, work culture, because you already were kind of used to those things, that people could take certain aspects of it in stride a little better? Because you know, one of the things we've talked to uh, leaders on the show about was kind of the um, first you have to get through the cultural like uncertainty about like, if you've never worked remote, then you have to get through that kind of first piece of it of like, how do I even operate remote? But the other part of this, which is almost or very few people, even if you do work remote, work remote with your entire family unit in the household 24-7 with you and having to respond to working remote, you know, potentially not having the levels of focus that you could have had or things like that. Um, you know, that sort of thing that we're all going to, you know, those projects that say, hey, I know normally you you hit deadlines, you know, if it's a six-week deadline, six-week sprint, I know normally by five and a half, you're, you're ready to go, already done with the project. You know, I'm going to give you a little more leeway or I know you need some more things like that. Like, I'm curious, how did your team handle that? I think the team handled it incredibly well. Um, in general, all of GitHub did. I think the, uh, what we really did though, is we approached it. And, and my particular style is to be pretty straightforward, super transparent, talk about all of the things, including my own situation and worry and emotional state to show people what is going on. And I was really straightforward with this because literally it was night and day, right? This thing happened so quickly. I said, here's what I do know. Here's what I don't know. Here's with what I do know, decisions we have made or will make. And with what I don't know, what I'm going to go try to find out and what we're going to hold off on making decisions. Once you get past some of that initial worry, everyone, and they realize that you're an actual caring human being and you're doing your best and you're showing what you do know in the transparent process, people give you a lot of slack. If you don't do that, no slack whatsoever, zero. But if you do that, you've got a ton. And then you just sit there and say, I know, you, you, let's talk about that, like the elephant in the room. I, there's there's a, several people at GitHub who are um, partners and they have children. It's a weird anomaly, I guess, but I think where the entire family unit is essentially employed by GitHub. And I've talked to several of them and I said, the expectation here is vastly different than in a normal work from home situation. There is zero chance that I have the same expectation for you right now than I would have five weeks ago. Yeah. So don't put that pressure on yourself. I don't have that pressure for you, but I'm telling you, 
trying to alleviate some of that of your concern right there. Once you do, I think once you do that a couple of times, and it does take a couple of times to have those conversations, people put themselves a little bit at ease. Though there is still like overhanging guilt in a lot of situations too. Even I have it. My, my, I've been working from home for the last 10 years. But even so, my situation is slightly different now. And, you know, I've got to go do a different set of things each day. And even so, I'm like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't be doing that. So I have to kind of work through it. It's not business as usual. And this hopefully will not be business as usual. But this period of time is unprecedented, as they say. One of the things that GitHub recently announced was um, kind of the change in freemium. Can you talk about like what what was the the impetus for this decision? The easiest way to describe this is that this is in line with what we really, really want to do in, in the world. And basically, it's to serve every developer on planet Earth GitHub. We want them to have access to, we want them to have access to all the tools. Yeah. In an ideal world, I think we would all just love to give GitHub away forever if we could, but it's just not a sustainable way that the world works. So we give as much of it away as we possibly can and subsidize it with the rest. It's kind of in line with the core philosophy of every developer in the world should have a GitHub account and have, have value out of it. Yeah, it's one of those things I think, um, you know, reading the press releases and seeing it on TechCrunch and all that stuff, like it's kind of a cool moment, you know, that I think we'll look back on as something, you know, like, again, I'm sure if you, if you could, you know, flash back to back in the day that you could never have imagined this kind of end state where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, developers everywhere have a place, have a home and have access to things that are free. It's just kind of a cool end state to where we are now. Um, and maybe the evolution of like what it means to be a developer. But, you know, it's, it just seems like it's really cool. It's, I think it's really cool. I think it's actually quite amazing, to be honest. And I think um, if people ever question why GitHub would do this, I would say that what we actually care about is that we have a relationship with the developer. Not that we have an economic relationship, but we have a relationship with the developer. And so we want to think that we understand developers and are serving developers and have a responsibility to the development community. And this is a move that gets us closer to the relationship, less of the economic one, but closer to the relationship. So, you know, it was a no-brainer when we were discussing this one. Nobody was, no, we shouldn't do this. Everyone was like, how do we do this? Yeah. And so I'm just curious, like, what does that, you know, especially, you know, it seems like something that maybe was, uh, was, you know, accelerated by COVID, but this had, this was not a COVID decision. This was something that, that had been in the works. Is that right? This is one of those that have been in the works for quite some time. And various forms of it had taken shape over the years. But ultimately, we started work on this one, this version of it, probably about six months ago or so. But it, the, the conversation went fast. It was, all right, how do we achieve this with some of the other plans that we have? And how do we line it up? So yeah, I think it, it lined up well from a serendipity perspective with COVID. But it would have happened at the same time frame without it. And um, I, I just happened to luck out for us and developers that it happened at the same time because we're super happy that developers now have free access to GitHub. In the moment in time, it's so much better than they do. And um, you know, you hate to find, you know, or I guess we should all try to find some silver lining in, in a tragedy and a pandemic like this. But we're just happy that we can that this could be out there in the world right now. Yeah, and I think it's something that you know the platform and people clearly, uh, you know, it's helpful. I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those things, if you can help, help a handful of people 
with this and, and make it available now, then, then that's a huge win. You know, dollars are going to be tight for a lot of people and, and it is, it is cool. I'm curious, you know, with this kind of being rolled out, are you seeing some sort of change in how the platform is being used, you know, during COVID or, or kind of like a, a future state that you sort of see with the platform kind of changing and not just this, but all the other cool stuff that you all have rolled out over the past few weeks? Well, we released um, some stats as satellite and basically say that COVID changed the way some people work and a little, little more is happening on nights and weekends. There's a little bit of shifted work that's happening. We have a, um, more time on GitHub, ironically, because people are spending more time inside and working. And I think just like most people, you end up tending to work a little bit more, it feels like. Yeah, I think that's been true. Yeah. I think we see it on the platform too. I think we see a little bit less uh, people contributing to open source only because I think if you do have some downtime, you're trying to take some of the downtime, uh, but not meaningfully lower numbers. But you know, for the most part, I think like uh, all of our, the stuff that we've done recently and just call it since the Microsoft acquisition, the adoption has been through the roof. You know, we released code spaces uh, a couple of days ago at GitHub Satellite and the early numbers on the people who have signed up for code spaces is just astronomical, probably most um, sought after product or most signed up for product in a couple of day period that we've seen in forever. So people are inside working, poking at code and using our stuff. We're happy for that. We're, we're happy to give people a release, some access, some intellectual stimulation. Um, you know, I as well have been using a lot more of our stuff because you just want to you want to have a little bit more control over stuff, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And you know, for listeners who don't know, talk about Codespaces. Oh, Codespaces is our new online IDE that's embedded within GitHub. If you go to your repo, you can there's a little Codespaces tab. You click on it, it'll launch up. It's super fun, super compelling. And as you squint at that, plus actions, plus a bunch of other stuff that we release with code scanning, you literally know what we're building next. And it's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, that's a good tease. Yeah, it uh, it's exciting time. Seems like. Are there any other things that that you're working on right now that you can share with us, or any other stuff that you're excited about? I'm super transparent when I say that our long term ambition is to make sure that every developer in the world has access to all the software that's produced, and they can consume as much of it as possible in a safe and effective manner. We view ourselves as the easiest and most secure place to produce and consume software, uh, as well as release it to production and eventually operate it to production. Long, long term, um, we hope that what we really are in the world is the most important software developer company ever created. And we, our aim is to get there by having that relationship with the developers, specifically reducing the friction of producing, consuming, sharing, collaborating, and making secure all of your software. So that was the best non-answer I could give on the specifics of our future roadmap that also tell you where we're going. <laughs> uh, I like it. So what's um you you mentioned some some personal projects that you've uh, you've been working on. What's it been like for uh, for Jason since uh, since the start of the pandemic? Well, some of the uh, interesting things I've been doing is obviously I mentioned before with the remote. We've been having conversations with a lot of different organizations and um, groups about what it means to go remote. Uh, I live in Ohio um, a good portion of my time, and I'm a member of a, a board called Innovate Ohio, which helps with the state itself in terms of either economic advancement or technology advancement. And obviously, that played a role in or had a role to play, I guess I should say, in the current situation, whether it was just having conversations with various state agencies or private institutions about the current state of either data or access to data or 
how to get information as quickly as possible. So in some fashion or form, you know, I've been jumping around. You know, I've got to get up stuff I've been doing and doing some of the stuff with that Innovate Ohio board and talking to various either governmental or private institutions or uh, broadly speaking, you know, working on some of the stuff that we've been working on in the office of the CTO, one of which is also um, helping on COVID-related various initiatives with Microsoft and others. Okay, we're going to do a different sort of lighting round. Well, it's going to be a similar sort of lighting round, but it's going to be different questions because we've already asked you like a couple lighting round questions. As always, our lighting round is brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. You can go to salesforce.com slash platform to learn more. Lightning round questions. Jason, are you ready? Sounds good. What is your favorite thing to do on vacation at an undisclosed lake and or lake house? <laughs> um, vacation to me, it has to involve some body of water. Uh, and I prefer to have a beach too. So I like to sit and go swimming. Uh, though one of my favorite things to do is take like some sort of a little like pontoon boat or something like that with the family, go park it in the middle of the water and literally just jump off the boat, go swim, get back on the boat, jump off the boat, kind of like make it that loop type of deal. Yeah. I'm basically a 10 year old kid at heart. So what about a hobby or skill that you've learned during quarantine or been practicing? <laughs> I was definitely not cutting my own hair because I let that go. Um, I, I like to draw. I like to paint. I don't do enough painting these days, but I've been watching uh, on Instagram all these kind of rapid, uh, these, these people who do um, urban sketching. And there's various people that do various versions of this, uh, but they've been, some of these people have been drawing uh, massive amounts of like landscape type of stuff now from pictures. And I can't say I've learned to do this stuff yet, but I've spent a lot of time. So if I didn't learn something, I'm embarrassed by it. But just sitting there kind of like watching these people on Instagram with this amazing skill do that. And I've also you know, tried to replicate it myself, but it's going to be years before I have any sort of talent in that regard. Anything publishable on, uh, on, the, uh, on the GitHub forums? No, not here. No. <laughs> what about a piece of, whether it's TV show or, or podcast or book that you've been binging during the shelter in place? I mean, I didn't know what Tiger King was for a week and a half. And then, of course, I had to, had to you know, you find out and you got to go watch Tiger King. And by episode two, you can't put it down type of deal. I'm a, I love the Jordan, the last dance that's going on. That's, that's great. Um, I'm personally a big fan of team sports. I do like to watch them. But these days, I read more about team sports than I do watching them. And I take a lot of leadership lessons or you, you try to learn from them. And interesting to hear the last dance in retrospect type of deal and apply a lot of what you might know already. It's kind of fascinating. Um, I'm reading a book and I've read it before and I'm reading it again, which is called The Price We Pay. It's all about the healthcare medical system, about how much it costs us to, to run it and how much waste is inside of it. And I don't want to say I'm binge reading it because it's kind of a depressive read, um, but I am reading it. I think it's so funny. This is like the first time you can ever remember, you know, we've been doing this show and other shows for the past few years and everybody is watching Tiger King and Last Dance. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. You can like sports, not like sports. Like, you know, it's just so funny. I mean, what a, what a crazy, uh, what a crazy time. Yeah. So, so hot. <laughs> it's definitely well-made. And unfortunately, Tiger King is kind of the tragic comedies type of approach. You just can't look away from the, the whole thing. 
Yeah, I so funny. I watched, I think, the first four episodes and then uh, my girlfriend filled me in later. I was like, I can't even do it. I'm like, it's too, I can't, I can't even finish it. I, I'm not, <laughs> I, uh, so I've, I've been told the rest. Well, what else? Anything else? That's it. We just want to check in, appreciate, you know, getting some thoughts on uh, how, to, how to lead you in a crisis and uh, some of the goings on at, at GitHub these days. Uh, anything else? No, it's uh, good to catch up. I would say if anyone's still listening to this and we're still sheltering in place in various ways and you're a leader of a team, talk to your team in as human a way as possible. And uh, that's the best advice I can give you in this moment in time. Absolutely. Jason, you're the man. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks, everybody. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform. <laughs>